the question of how many pounds you're going to put on between now and January the 1st. That's another uh, you know, seasonal question, isn't it, that we sometimes ask ourselves. Lots of questions uh, we ask ourselves at Christmas. It may be actually that you're asking yourself, how on earth am I going to afford this Christmas? And um, with all that's going on in the, you know, the economic climate around us, that may be for you this morning a very real question. But I want to unpack what I think is the most important question for us. And it's been so lovely, so wonderfully kind of presented through what the children have done this morning. And that's the question of who is this Jesus that we're making all this fuss about and that's at the very centre of this story that's been presented to us. Who is Jesus? Now, I believe that that is one of the most important questions that we can ever seriously consider. And I just simply want to encourage you. Um, You may not be a person who claims to have faith. You may be a Christian. You may just be someone who once a year comes to church at Christmas time. But I want to encourage you this Christmas time to be seriously reflecting and thinking in the middle of all the fun and festivity about that question. Who is this Jesus? You see, the story that we've had portrayed to us this morning gives us clues as to how we answer that question. And the characters that form part of the story, I think each give us something of a clue. And I want to just pick up on some of the characters in the story. I want to talk first about the angels. We've got some fantastic looking angels, haven't we? There's one particularly impressive angel over there, who I think is possibly um, Gabriel or someone like that. What do the angels tell us about the question of who is this Jesus? Well, the angels are an important part of the Christmas story and uh, we're familiar with their part in it. Um, We don't, in the Bible actually, have a lot of detail about what they actually looked like, um, although it's very clear that they were very impressive. I mean, take for example the reality that shepherds who would have been hardy, rough men, who were used to defending their flocks from sheep and uh, from bears, sorry, and uh, mountain lions and those kind of things, they were scared out of their wits when these angels appeared. So they weren't the little tooth fairy figments of our imagination that we sometimes think of. These were scary, scary creatures. And very real and very impressive. I think, uh, actually, this, this, I think it's this one here. We've got one here, actually, I notice, that's got kind of scars on its face. So I think it's probably a little boy took very seriously the script about them being warriors of light. Uh, we've got an angel from Brooklyn or somewhere like that here this morning. But the angels speak to us about who this Jesus is. You see, in the Bible, angels always appear when something dramatic and significant in the unfolding of God's purpose within history takes place. And in the Bible, for one angel to appear is significant. And it draws our attention to the significance of something that's happening. Here in the Christmas story, we have a series of appearances, not just by single angels, but for the shepherds out on the hills, there are, as the script went, troop upon troop of angels filling the skies. And so, 
What these angels tell us is that this Jesus is the one who is the center point of all history. This event in the Middle East 2,000 years ago is the key event in human history. It's the turning point in terms of God's purpose to reach out in his great compassion and love to draw men and women from every nation into a personal, loving relationship with himself. The sending of Jesus is the turning point of all history. That's what the angels tell us. Let's look now at the star. We've got a wonderful star, Star of David, over there this morning. That's another feature of the story, isn't it? A star appears, we read, and rises, and a star guides the wise men to the child, Jesus. Now, we're not sure whether it physically moved or whether it was just a point of navigation, but somehow it was a signpost to the child, Jesus, in the night sky for those men who were from a very different country, very different culture. Now, we're all fascinated, I think, by stars. I don't know if you've ever been out and looked up at the, the, the sky on a clear night. There's something just sublime and fascinating, isn't there, about the stars in the sky. I was uh, reading this week that apparently in the last two weeks, astronomers have had to review their estimate of how many stars there actually are within our universe. And they have now said that there are, as, there are three times as many stars as they had previously estimated. That's a lot of stars. If you think the estimate before that review was that there were about 10,000 billion, billion stars in our universe. That's a lot of stars. Now, if you're, if you're a child here this morning, I've got a prize for you, actually. If you can tell me at the end of the meeting how many zeros are on that number, then uh, I've got a little prize here for the youngest person who can come and accurately tell me how many zeros. That's 10,000 billion, billion stars. That's a lot of stars. They say that the most bright visible star to the naked eye from Earth is a star called Sirius, which is 25 times more luminous than our sun. Well, here we have a star that acts as a signpost to this child Jesus. And the star in the story demonstrates what the Bible says the whole of creation is doing 24-7, day and night. It is pointing to the reality and the nature and the being of a God who is invisible and yet is real and accessible. In Romans, the Bible says this about God, that his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Okay, His invisible nature and divine attributes or qualities have been clearly perceived through the natural world. 
You see, nature is a poem in a universal language that whispers to us of the reality of the invisible God. And nature serves to draw attention to the person of God. The Bible says, however, that God doesn't just whisper to us through creation, but through the person of Jesus, he speaks loudly and clearly. Jesus himself said, as he wandered around teaching in the Middle East, that he who has seen me has seen the Father. That's how the Bible interprets who Jesus is, that he is the exact representation of who God is. You may be asking the question, What's this invisible God like? Well, the Bible would answer that question in this way. He is exactly like Jesus. He's exactly like Jesus. And the star points us to the fact that Jesus is the one to whom the whole natural world points. Let's turn now to look at Mary, this young girl. Another central character in the story Just a young girl, probably a teenager, engaged to be married to a carpenter, looking forward to her wedding, minding her own business, quite unremarkable in many ways, and yet she becomes central to this dramatic story. Suddenly she finds that she is the one that the the angels are saying is highly favoured by God. She is at the centre of the drama of God's saving plan to bring humanity into relationship with himself. And so Mary tells us and answers the question of who is Jesus in the following way, that he is the God of extravagant grace and kindness. You imagine being in the shoes of that young girl. She was unremarkable in many ways and yet suddenly for no Inherent reason, she hadn't been particularly religious or anything, she finds that she is the one who is chosen to give birth to this child. And as we read in the Bible, her response is just an expression of overwhelming amazement at how extravagantly kind and gracious God has been to her. And that is the message of the New Testament. Jesus is the word of God and the message we hear through his arrival in life is that God is extravagantly kind and gracious. The message of the New Testament is that we don't come to know God as a result of our own religious hard work and endeavour and dedication because somehow we have been able to improve ourselves to such a degree that we become acceptable to God himself. That's not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is that this wonderful personal relationship with God that we can enjoy and know is a result of his free, undeserved gift of grace. Now Mary touched something of that grace in the drama of the Christmas story. Let's turn now and look at the shepherds. This is probably another surprising element of the story. You see, this ground-making announcement of Jesus' arrival was not trumpeted in the religious temple. It was communicated to simple, 
ordinary shepherds who were out on the hillside doing what they did every day, looking after sheep. They were ordinary, common folk, like you and me. They weren't movers and shakers. They weren't members of the clergy. They weren't religious professionals. They weren't intellectual heavyweights. They were ordinary shepherds with manual jobs and with no real standing in the society of their day. And so to the question of who is this Jesus... The shepherds give us this answer. He is the one who makes God accessible to ordinary people like you and me. That was revolutionary. You see, until the arrival of Jesus, God could only be accessed by those who were part of the religious clergy, if you like, within the temple itself within the sacred space of a building on a holy mountain in Jerusalem. And there were all kinds of religious hoops and protocol that you had to adhere to in order to have any level of encounter with this invisible living God. But the arrival of Jesus changed all that. Jesus came and wandered around and began to talk to people about how the kingdom of God was now within reach. He spoke to ordinary people and he was followed by ordinary people and his message to ordinary people was now that they, in their ordinariness, could have total access to a personal living relationship with God. Not through jumping through religious hoops or dedicating themselves to religious service, but because he himself was the embodiment of grace that they could access. So the shepherds tell us that whoever we are, we can enjoy relationship with God and have access to him. One final character I'm going to finish with before we uh, stand and sing a carol together, and that is an angry king. I can't can't quite remember where Herod is in this lot, but uh, he's here somewhere, he's down there. In fact, has he fallen over? He's gone out, that's appropriate actually, because he's the bad guy, isn't he, really, in the story. He's the, uh, yeah, he's not the goody, he's the baddie. It's not a character that we read of very often and hear of in our nativity plays, but actually in the drama of the Bible's account of what happened on that time, he was an infamous character, a cruel king who was so threatened by the announcement that there was another ruler within his domain that he was prepared to slaughter Every child under two years old within Bethlehem. That's totally in line with what history tells us about his character. This was a cruel, insecure, paranoid ruler. And suddenly he hears of a new king and a new kingdom. And his response is not the response, for example, of Mary. His response is to feel threatened, it's to feel insecure, it's to feel uncomfortable. And it's to desire to eliminate this Jesus altogether from the scene. King Herod answers the question of who is Jesus in the following way. He is Lord of all. You see, the Bible says that this child grew to become a man, died on a cross to pay for our sins, and has been exalted to the right hand of God himself, where he rules over the whole of creation. 
Jesus is Lord. And this angry king answers the question of who is Jesus by drawing our attention to the fact that, yeah, we can appreciate his birth, but there is a challenge in his arrival for every one of us. The arrival of Jesus challenges our personal autonomy and begs the question, will we bow the knee to him and allow him to rule and to reign in our lives?